0: Welcome to the Gal's Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that...
1: Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night.
0: Welcome back. I'm Leah, and I am joined by Bonnie and Katie and Kira, and we are talking about our one cool medical thing. So Bonnie already talked about her cup, and Katie already talked about Lillian Wald, Walt, and Kira already talked about Virginia Apgar. But before we dive back in, let's get to know something random about our gal pals. So what I want to know for my random question is... What do you feel is the most important thing you have done for your own health? Because we have talked a lot so far about taking care of others. But what about taking care of
1: ourselves, which I'm sure is hard. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) I've made contracts with people. Oh, accountability. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm. Accountability to get myself to the doctor. Cool. For my mammogram. For my annual checkup. Right. For the dentist. I mean, all of those <laughs> things. All the things we avoid. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll I'm with sure you. i make sure the boys get to the dentist, but, mm-hmm. you know, I can wait. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that's, I think, the most important thing I've done for my... Is accountability. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because it takes
1: a village. Yeah. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea because yeah. I don't, I avoid... Mm yeah me too (laughs) that's why my mother and my mother-in-law and i made a deal she was gonna go see the doctor about one thing i was gonna go about something else and now i have someone at work who we have a deal about when we're going to have yeah uh, it's a good way to do it yeah for sure see i
0: like it katie what is yours hmm
2: that's a tough one i know it
0: is actually a tough <laughs> i
2: have one. lots a tough. of grand plans in my head about things i'm gonna do <laughs> to improve my health right right. maybe a little less follow through on those things
1: <laughs> it happens
2: right. um i think overall the most lasting change i've made recently um is basically eating less meat yeah i feel more energetic i feel better about it it's made me really mm. happy um, my fiance is vegan and so every evening I make a vegan meal and nice. it's, it's, I'm, you know, I love cooking.
0: Yes. Oh, and you're brilliant at <laughs> it. You. Like award winning in my head. Have I not Aww. given you 50 million <laughs> awards? Well, I have
2: to say like I had fallen <laughs> into quite a mentality of um, kind of stereotypical dinner as a meat maybe a veggie definitely a starch or carb and yeah Yeah. absolutely and this has really challenged me to get to know vegetables and cook more vegetables and and it just feels really good so i'm hoping my next goal is to eat vegan for breakfast and lunch as well and Mm, and then i think um i did that for about two months and i felt so energetic so i think for my health that would be a big improvement so i'll check back in with you guys later and we'll see (laughs)
0: Sounds good. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. What about you, Leah?
0: Um, well, Bonnie, what about yours?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. I was, try- I was I know, trying I to let I'm Bonnie saying. have time. I
0: know, but Come I, go, on. I go last because it's my one core cool thing. Oh, is that okay. a rule? Yes, Do we have rules? We have we have a few rules. Oh, okay. we throw, generally, we throw them all out. <laughs> generally, like, there is no all rules. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie, are you ready? Because Leah <laughs> can
2: go. We have no Otherwise, rules. I can go. <laughs> you
0: um, you know,
3: <laughs> <laughs> young healthy person. As long as I, as far as I know, I know. Keep knocking uh, on. Gross. Going to the doctor. I I do. <laughs> I haven't gone to the dentist in a long time, and I need to go to the dentist. But just going to the doctor, a regular appointments. Sweet. Making sure everything's okay. I mean, you got to make sure you know, like mental health too. Like to yeah. oh taking a yeah. health day if That's a right. great one. Like, I feel like that's, it's a big thing that, especially as women, we got to take care of everyone else. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the tank
1: is empty. Yeah. yeah. And these days with the way the world is, it's... It gets you down.
2: (laughs) I'm so glad you said that, Bonnie, because when I looked through the script, when Leah emailed it, my first thought was the best thing i've ever done for my health is go to a counselor oh yeah. yes but i totally mm-hmm. blanked it tonight but yeah that <laughs> yes. did Katie so
3: much like for me to, to change her answer her I... answer is now a counselor no i have two answers
0: <laughs> brilliant is it a vegan counselor i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> you know vegan what's really hard amazing you know what's
2: really hard to find in the bible belt what A counselor that has no religious affiliation. Like every counseling office is like we're a Christian counseling office. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Why? I know. Why? Yeah. Yeah. It's Oh my gosh. It's a real problem. I'm not into it, man.
0: Yeah. I went to Is
2: Jesus uh, the answer to everything? Apparently.
0: something. The thing I'm that, like that packed me up was that we went to uh Josh and I years ago like went to marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. It was that seven year itch thing mm-hmm. and the baby was two. I mean it was horrible. Like don't yeah. have a baby turn two during your seven year itch marriage. It's the <laughs> worst. So we went into counseling like you should do. Mm-hmm. And she's like well, you know the story of Ruth in the Bible. I'm like, honey, I'm Buddhist. I am like, she was using references mm. of what we should do that were, and I'm like, I finished your questionnaire that said not Christian. Look, so, in other words, I didn't know her references. Like, we yeah. were speaking different things. So, there's like the religion, and then there's like basing your whole therapy session around.
2: It. Mm. Right. Well, and maybe like I'm a sorry. giant bitch, but <laughs> it could be. But I've been to counseling offices where they're like, if you're not religious, that's no problem. Right. Just let us know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the counselors honored that. But when you're sitting in an office and everything's like an inspirational Jesus quote, and you're <laughs> like, ah, mm, oh, that doesn't do it for me. That's right. not yeah. where my head's at. And, you
1: know. And it's one yeah. thing, like in my first marriage, when I went to a Christian theological seminary for counseling oh yes right but no because you know that (laughs) going in this is the place you're going to right exactly Mm
0: -hmm. all right is it me yeah oh my gosh okay uh the most important thing that i have done for my own health you know what i'm just uh i thought of like variety different things like right now i'm doing keto and i'm trying to work on my blood sugars and i'm trying to figure out that stuff i oh i went vegan for a year and i freaking loved it and i actually miss it because i'm eating nothing but meat and cheese and it's kind of making my soul hurt a little bit um but i'm gonna find a way to like blend it and like get back uh i think the best thing that i've ever done for my own health is journal though i Hmm, think it's journal because I do it when I'm happy and I do it when I'm sad and I do it when I'm frustrated and it's an outlet for me and it's really helped because um sometimes I'll be working the same problem you know Mm -hmm. over and over again but journaling allows me to look back and be like okay but what did I come to before you know what I mean like was I close to anything or was it bullshit before (laughs) and then it's like okay so this is what I thought last time I've now think it's this or you know like just Mm. working something out but having that writing it down I think and it also for me it's the physical activity too Mm. it's not typing for me that like doesn't do it like I have to physically like Mm. if I'm angry it's big (laughs) if I'm like "Mm, really depressed it's small like it just has Mm. to like physically express itself somehow I think that along with listening to music (laughs) Mm. because I will have the mental health days where it's like dude I am journaling like a son of a bitch and listening to like Nirvana all day so like deal
2: oh, that sounds perfect I'm calling in to work tomorrow it's a, pretty, oh, yeah. my day.
0: Yeah. it's a pretty dark day but it usually yeah. like ends up looking a lot lighter by the end of the day <laughs> um but that I started really early on that was my outlet and it's something that's kind of like got me all the way through and it's allowed me to kind of look back and be like you know what maybe it's time to talk to a counselor maybe it's time it's something more that it's medical and not just a series of bad days um so I think that's the way I kind of keep myself. that's awesome yeah Yeah. journaling
1: don't you think that's something that should be um, taught, taught in school. Yes. Mm-hmm. oh, absolutely, and yeah. promoted that along with yeah. what we're talking
0: about—caring for yourself. Exactly. I think just mm-hmm. getting your thoughts out, and even if you're not like, I love journaling because it's private, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not interrupting anybody. I can do it at a Starbucks if I want to, mm-hmm. <laughs> but some people are also a lot more verbal. So even mm-hmm. talking out your feelings to yourself, if you need to, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know how we all have the car concert? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. <laughs> Just talking your problems out in the car to yourself. Mm-hmm. So whether it's verbal or nonverbal, I think teaching work out your own shit <laughs> is crucial. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear
2: something awesome?
0: Yes. Yeah. Always.
2: <laughs> um so I know that Leah always talks about how I'm a vocational services manager. Yeah, you are. Um, I have a program for my kids to learn vocational skills, but also life skills. And I make them journal three times a week. <sighs> oh! perfect yeah That's i provide awesome. prompts every day um it's nice. actually become a student job and they provide prompts so it's not always oh, like super in depth sometimes they're fun sometimes they're job related you need a mix though they're, they're a difference yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but still having them have that experience of writing down responding to the prompt and all that yes, so look yeah.
0: at you awesome. changing the world katie <laughs> just i love it yeah <laughs>
1: because that is one thing that we hadn't talked about in regards to women in medicine is right. mental health. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And people need to be we need we all need to be thinking of it yes. as part of health yeah right exactly
0: we need universal uh medical health or mental health as well yeah um i remember i was talking to somebody and i'm like well where's your nearest you know like mental health clinic and they're like i'm sorry what Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm like oh no (laughs) (laughs) crap (laughs) it was a thing oh no well do you guys want to hear about my one cool thing Yeah. yeah oh my one cool thing so my gal she wasn't a doctor she wasn't a nurse. Um, she didn't even run a science lab, but because of her, uh, we have the polio vaccine. We have uh, cancer treatments uh, because of her. We have scientists who have been able to do studies on radiation effects on human beings uh, and also sensitivity to cosmetic items and like household stuff like doesn't hurt us. You know, because of her, we've been able to test that stuff because of her cells they have been used in 74,000 studies for 68 years. Wow. So, my one that cool is thing. a legacy. Exactly. Yeah. My one cool thing uh, is Henrietta Lex and her mm. immortal cells that have lived cool. on for 68 years. Uh, now, there's a book and a movie. Have you guys seen or read either of them? I Just curious. A
2: movie. I didn't know Oprah's... there was a movie either. Oh, I read in it. the book. That's gotcha. amazing. Yes. That's what I'm
0: watching tomorrow. Yes. I I, think I saw it on HBO, so I don't know okay. if it was like an HBO brought yeah. to you or it just so mm-hmm. happened to premiere on really? HBO. But it is the it is the same as the book title, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Yeah. Um, and it's got Oprah Winfrey. The book
2: three. was so fascinating and so yes. infuriating. Yes. And right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Loved it. Exactly. And we have it in the library, too. Yes. yes. So, which is
1: amazing. Have you heard of her? Saw I, the book, movie? I have not read the book or gotcha. seen the movie. Gotcha. But I have heard about her Sweet. through some of my podcasts and at least at least two, I think. Oh nice. There so. you go. Well hopefully I'll be able to shed even more light.
0: Yes, (laughs) on both. So, uh, so I'm just gonna say that I'm really glad that her cells have saved so many lives because her life was really shitty. (laughs) It was hard. It was really, really hard. Uh, I don't want to like sugarcoat it. I'm like, oh no, it was. Oh man. So she was born in Virginia in 1920, and when she was four, her mother died. And her mother, her name was Eliza. She died giving birth to her 10th child. Oh, my Mm. goodness. Yeah, exactly. So Henrietta and her siblings would have to then go stay with various relatives uh, throughout Virginia. Uh, Henrietta would spend a large amount of her time with her grandfather in a log cabin that was once slave quarters on a plantation in her family's ancestry. So in other words, in her ancestry, her family were slaves with that cabin Mm -hmm. and then the cabin was willed to them as free persons but you're still living in it like that's Mm -hmm. yeah that that's a load uh yes so but also in this cabin she would meet her future husband david day lax and they call him day lax which confused me a lot in research and they're like so day lax and i'm like what day are we talking about what's gonna (laughs) his nickname was day (laughs) uh so henrietta She started working at a very young age, and she worked alongside her family as a tobacco farmer, right? Uh, Back-breaking work, working as a tobacco farmer. Uh, When she was 14, she gave birth to her first child. Mm. Yes. So four years later, she would give birth to a daughter. So then two years after those two children, she and Day got married. (laughs) Mm. They just they did it just a different way. Okay. Yes. I don't want to say backwards because there's no wrong way to do it. But right. they decided let's just have two kids first, and then then we'll see about this whole marriage yeah, thing. Just That's see. Fine. <laughs> I mean. Parenting changes your relationship. It
2: really it does. does. Well, just, yeah. Exactly. Figure that parenting <laughs> shit out and then decide if it's going to be a long term thing. Right.
0: Well, like Josh wanted to live together for five years before we got, you know, before we got married, had kids, stuff like that. And it's like, well, you know what? Maybe day had the same plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but actually in 1941, things started looking up. I like that. I have like one little like ray of sunshine. Uh, the couple moved to Maryland thanks to a family friend and they found a job working in a steel plant and they bought a tiny little house um, in the Turner station in Baltimore County. Now it's actually one of the oldest and largest African-American communities in that area. So think of kind of like Harlem Renaissance you know what I mean if you will. So a very up-and-coming neighborhood a very safe neighborhood and owning a house you know from growing up as a tobacco farmer was like really really cool. So they had three more kids And her last one was delivered at John Hopkins Hospital uh, in Baltimore. Now, Mm -hmm. John Hopkins, I did not know this, was one of the few hospitals that would actually treat Mm -hmm. Uh African-Americans. So we're still talking about this time around 1941 to 1951, where African-Americans were not even treated in hospitals. What the Mm -hmm. hell? Uh, So, however, four months after giving birth, uh, she would be back at the hospital because she felt a knot in her womb. And she wanted to have it checked out. Now, Henrietta's doctor was Howard W. Jones, and he took a biopsy on a mass that was on her cervix for testing to try to figure out what this was. And two discoveries were found. Number one was that Henrietta had cervical cancer. Very Mm. unfortunate. Uh, Number two, there was something different with her cells when they looked at them underneath the microscope, but I will come back to her cells. (laughs) Henrietta was treated with radium tube inserts. Ooh. Oh, that has to be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like radium and then tube and yeah. then insert, like all oh. three words are horrible. They're all making me cringe.
2: Correct.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then more tissue samples were taken without her permission and without her knowledge as well while she was getting treatments. Uh, oh. In August, Henrietta Lacks returned to John Hopkins for routine treatment. This was just something she was going through for her cancer. This appointment turned into a two month stay where her health just rapidly declined, just like out of nowhere. Um, She only had her cancer for 10 months that she was aware of. She had her baby and then 10 months later on October 4th, 1951, she passed away. It was very very fast. Uh, She was only thirty one years old too, so that's why I don't have like a Mm. whole bunch of history about her because she was only thirty one. I mean, she was a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But her cancer had metastasized throughout her entire body in that short time, which is like unheard of that it's that that fast. Um, She even
1: with the radiation
0: treatment, even with the horrible radiation treatment, it still was that fast. Yeah. She was buried in an unmarked grave for actually several years um, in her family cemetery in Laxtown. So Henrietta Lacks, Laxtown, mm. it is their namesake town, actually. Yeah. Um, a headstone is now there, thanks to the family, uh, thanks to friends, and thanks to George Gay, who I will talk about in a second as well. Um, so she does now have a headstone, but for decades? Uh she did not have one. So, it's like what? Okay. So, now I will shift to about her cells cuz that is the sadness of her life. Uh but her cells are a completely different story. But I wanted to start about her because what happens next is always to remember that Henrietta was a living breathing person mm-hmm. a lot of people start talking about her cells, and they kind of make her an object they make yeah. her an it you know yeah. what I mean and it's like hold on she's still a person <laughs> so yeah and it's just it's like a it's a bother of mine when you turn a, any person into an object it's like no I don't like this yeah. um, but also it's very important to her family too to notice you know the patient first um, so George Gay worked in a tissue lab at John Hopkins okay and he was actually for decades he was trying to do tests on cells outside the body instead of like human subjects or animal subjects he wanted to basically have a petri dish of cells and be able to do testing now the problem is is that cells will replicate in a dish only 40 times before they start dying Hmm. so you don't get much testing out of them before they start to deteriorate collapse and die well The thing was, Henrietta's cells doubled every 20 hours and never slowed down. Uh, So her cells kept rebuilding and replicating and replicating and replicating. They haven't stopped replicating in 68 years. wow, <laughs> They're really in an anomaly. Um, so what he decided to call them were HeLa cells. So the H-E is from Henrietta mm. and the L-A is from Lax. So Henrietta Lax. So it's still her name, but everybody refers to them as HeLa cells. And her name kind of got a little bit lost in it after a while. Um, but her cells were sent to Tons of different researchers around the country. You could order them from catalogs. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yes. So um, so I've seen so many credits because of that, because they could send them everywhere of what her cells did. Uh, her cells are the reasons why we have treatments for Parkinson's, for HIV, for HPV, for Salmonella, and for some cancers. And many researchers stopped testing on animals, not all of them, (laughs) but many of them because they could test on HeLa cells instead. Mm -hmm. They had a a viable replacement to try to figure out stuff. Um, Okay. So the question everybody always wants to know is why did her cells keep dividing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So this is according to the SciShow, which is on YouTube that I like to watch. (laughs) So on the SciShow, Henrietta's she also had HPV, right? The human papillomavirus virus. So uh, her HPV genome basically combined with her own genome. All right. Hmm. So this is specifically what they say. It gets a little medical, but I'll read it anyway. The virus, which contained its own cancer genes, took up shop next to one of Lack's oncogenes. Oncogenes are the genes that can cause cancer when they are changed. The HPV turned on the oncogene, which made her body produce a ton of those cancerous cells. Which is why she that explains was so why rapidly, it was so fast. It was yeah. so fast. Her body just decided, oh, we're just going to make tons of this, right? Which Throwing is it out like party confetti, right? Which is yeah. great in a lab for duplication, yeah. but it kills a person, yeah. <laughs> and right? Fast. Exactly, and very, very fast. Um, so that's where that, you know, like to me, I thought blessing and curse at the same time. Like, right, oh my right. goodness. So, the cells saved a whole bunch of people, but it killed one very, very special gal. Yeah. <laughs> because we've never seen cells do this um, mm-hmm. since, which is really, really amazing. Um, but to add uh, injury to insult, or insult to injury, <laughs> the family did not know that Henrietta's cells were being collected and used For 20 years, Mm -hmm. they didn't bother to tell the family at all. I mean, they they still, like, had her name on it (laughs) to a certain extent. Well, Um, it really brought
2: up a lot of ethics,
0: too, of, like,
2: who owns this tissue? Is it her tissue? Is it the labs tissue do they own is that is it public domain is it, right because
0: it's in the the doctors you know but kind of wheelhouse yeah from a person's body right exactly yeah. what are the patients right cuz that was my next question yeah. how would you guys feel if it was a close family member of yours whose cells were taken without your permission and then saved like millions of people right. <laughs> how did they find out about it to just a researcher wasn't it rebecca who wrote the book i thought I it was know a if researcher it was her. Because um, Rebecca Sloot, who wrote the book, Maybe it was her. She was investigating. Wish I can she yeah. wanted to figure out the origins of the Gila, so and so there was public papers about yeah. them. And the public papers might have said, "I mean, they're freaking who? named after her. right, exactly." Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that kind of gotten lost. It was there somewhere, right, yeah. exactly. It was kind of like pushed to the side. But I think basically yeah. an investigative journalist. Um, found out about yeah. it and then started talking to the, the family. family and mm. went to
1: the family and talked about the right uh, and they had, that's and when no they problem. found out they had no idea right yeah. Yeah. exactly that's what I that's the part I right. remember hearing yeah yeah it's
0: crazy yeah I I would probably I. I'd be one of those things where it's like, yes, I want you to do the test. Right. But I need you to tell me. <laughs> like yeah. I right. just wanna know. <laughs> right. <laughs> to be part of the the story or at least to champion that sort of thing. Where it's like the least you, you didn't have to ask, the least you had to do was just like okay. send an awkward letter or something. Yeah. Well right.
2: <laughs> this is a a tricky subject. I don't know how I would feel here, but I mean the money made off of her cells became a mm. giant, giant Industry. I don't oh, know if it's its right. own industry, but like I said, they were in catalogs that you could order for your laboratory research. Right. Somebody was making money off of her biological tissues. Yeah. Um. And John Hopkins says it wasn't there you, them, but right. And but there you have part of that. How many kids did she have? Five, six kids. She had five. Yep. Five kids that don't have a
0: mom anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that could have been her legacy to them.
0: Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the part where it's like mm. that's where the
1: issue
3: yeah and when there's some kind of concern they had about like with her cells still being out there is still like part of her and with like her like remains or moving on because like, she's like dead but her cells are still here right exactly when there's something with that
0: there was something with her human genome so they decided once again I think it was 2013 as recent as 2013. Um, scientists just decided, well, we have all these cells and we have these, uh, human genome projects where we can actually look at somebody's entire DNA chain and figure out what illnesses they have, what made their eyes, you know, blue and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to do her entire genome. And again, they did not notify the family Mm -hmm. and they were about to publish, you know, Oh, these are what we have found out about Henrietta Lacks' cells. And the family was like, can we just see it first? You okay. know what I mean? Like, Ugh. just let us know. So they showed it to them like, OK, this is where, you know, this is. And, so, and they're like, that's amazing. That's our family history. We know that possibly these, you know, viruses could be activated or whatever. Yeah. And they eventually have now worked with um, with organizations and with John Hopkins. But it still was 2013 and they were doing the shit mm. <laughs> but yeah so basically they could clone Henrietta lax is what i'm trying to say yeah. because they've sequenced her entire dna and i hope somebody asked for permission <laughs> before they do that <laughs> right
1: <laughs>
0: but so I, far
1: <laughs> i mean if someone asked me you know my dad if my dad died six years ago mm-hmm. and at the time if they had said can we have you know, parts of his body or his cells. Right. Oh, For go research. Ahead, take them. Right. Exactly. You know? Knowledge. His body right. was, he always said, take any parts of me that'll be useful. <laughs> right. And that's the same thing my sister said when before she See. died. Burn the rest, but take <laughs> right. whatever you want.
0: Exactly. Yes. Whatever can be of use to someone else, by but all means. At yeah. least tell us. And it was also their wishes as well yeah i don't think
1: anybody asked henrietta well that's because one she was female and two she was of color exactly Mm -hmm. which is like no (laughs) shouldn't have been the case right but at the time it definitely was right exactly and uh, as far as just episode two a couple years ago 2013 still the same still shouldn't have been (laughs) right
0: exactly Ugh. yeah her her family is extremely proud of everything you know that henrietta's cells have done yeah. um they very much are very very proud they are they encouraged uh to take part in her their i want to say mother but it's also grandmother and great-grandmother's mm-hmm. legacy so they are on the board of the national institute of health and of john hopkins as well um and other boards that you know like the human genome project and stuff like that they're just like oh okay uh, but in the book we're talking about came out in 2010 was the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks and it was published by Rebecca Skloot um she worked really really hard with Henrietta's daughter Deborah. and I don't know if you guys know this Deborah actually died just before the book was published oh uh. yeah because in the movie Oprah's still alive, <laughs> and well, I'm like, sure oh, but Deborah, Deborah didn't make it. But she, she knew of the research. She knew yeah. what they had found. It was just finishing up the book. You know what I mean? Uh, polishing up yeah. the book and getting the information out there. But Deborah is the character that Oprah played in the 2017 movie. But grandchildren Veronica Robinson and David Lacks do have a wonderful TED Talk, by the way, which mm-hmm. I will put in cool. the the show notes, where they talk about um, their mission is to change the narrative of fear of going to the doctor, uh, because especially in the African American community, there is a lot of mm-hmm. "Don't trust doctors." Yeah, and geez, I For see why. <laughs> right, yeah. but they. Even though what has happened to their you know, mother and great-grandmother's cells, they are still like, let's not fear doctors. Let's work with doctors. Let's work with medicine. Let's advocate for patients' rights. Um, and they are very level. They even talk about stories that great-great-grandfathers used to tell them, which is, Don't walk around the streets at night in front of John Hopkins Hospital. They will kidnap you and do experiments on you. Oh, wow. So it has been (laughs) ingrained in the African-American community to fear hospitals, doctors, medical, like all of it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's, Let's change that narrative. And so that is their mission, what they very much fight for, which I'm like, Wow that that takes that's some work to get there that's some therapy that they went through (laughs) to be like no we can do this better and i'm like wow it's
2: amazing (laughs)
0: exactly do you guys have any like fear or mistrust of doctors i mean not Uh, like on john hopkins kidnapping now you do
2: (laughs) now i always have there you go. You don't spend a summer in the hospital as a kid, and <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah,
0: I and mean, be like, Brace doctors it. are great. They took care I of mean, everything.
2: Uh, not pleasant associations. That's
0: fair. You saw it firsthand. Yeah.
2: Plus, See. you read too many things about mess ups and the story I was telling you about getting all the way to blood poisoning before I got right. medication. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. How no. far do we need to yeah. take this? Oh. I'm I'm not big on going to the doctor. I took Jonah for the first time in two years. <laughs> He was healthy. Last <laughs> month,
0: he was doing fine. He didn't break any bones.
2: And like, seriously, we're in the waiting room and I'm like, we're going to get sick here. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is, we're going to get ill. Yeah. This, that is is the gonna point. this, this is going to be pointless. It's going to be a never ending think. cycle. <laughs> but he had an ear infection and we got it taken care of. So there you go. You know, see, I guess you can trust him sometimes.
0: <laughs> sometimes. Exactly.
3: <laughs> One time I went to the uh, med check. Because I thought I had uh what was it? it's not mono strep throat for the second time right yeah yeah I had it when I was in high school and I had it again in like college no it was it's either right after college or at the end of college yeah and uh my mom had looked down my throat and she saw a bunch of white stuff and she was like oh you got strep again so right. I went I had the next day off work so I went to the med check and went to the lady and she was like well, what are you here for and I'm like well I think I've strep throat mm-hmm. she was like well why do you think that and i'm like well i've had it before and there was white stuff in my throat before and mom said there's white stuff again right she was, well is your mom a medical professional just say yes mm-hmm. and i was like no <laughs> she's like well most of the time it's just an ear infection and cool. she's like doing all this stuff and she's like but we can do the strep throat test if you want i'm like i'm That's here why? let's do it That's why you're like, there. let's go and she's like well you know it's it's a thing down your throat i'm like i know i've had it before like just do it wow oh what is strep throat Uh i wanted to be like and my mom's not even a medical (laughs) professional
0: (laughs) (laughs) i told you
1: (laughs) oh my goodness gracious oh do you have a fear or mistrust of doctors you know, it kind of comes and goes. It depends on the doctor. Gotcha. That's fair. Because as a kid, I used to get strep throat mm-hmm. every season change. So twice a year. <laughs> and it was at the point where my mom would call the pediatrician and say, she's got it again, right. and he'd just call in the prescription. Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... I really liked that doctor, <laughs> you right. know? It he was made much me easier. me feel better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, with there's been enough times that it's like I've been in, it's the doctor will go, oh, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Or there are doctors who won't say they don't know. Right, exactly, and make, yeah. make up, feels like they're making up things. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are times when I feel like, do I really trust you? And I'll tell you what: working with medical records, yeah, there are certainly different care facilities that I would say you probably don't want to go
0: there. <laughs> mm. Right, exactly.
1: Quality and of care is perhaps different. Can that be in the show place. notes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and then I have one of, part of my job is figuring out the physician's signature. Right. Oh, mm. good luck! Yeah. I'm like, if they can't take the time to write out, you know, we say print name here, sign here, and sometimes they'll sign. Right. And not, and it's like, how am I supposed to know who this is? Who was it? Yeah. This is why I went, when I went to my doctor the other day, she does, has um, a dictation mm. that she has somebody ah. live right? that she turns it on and she says, okay, you know, are you there? here are the notes. And she says that, reads the notes to them and they're dictated right there. If he has any questions about what's going on right, or what she said, he can stop and ask. Yeah. And so she doesn't have to take any notes anymore. And it's digital that way as well. And it's digital, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had also the point where they follow the doctor around with the little uh, computer that they'll type Mm -hmm. the notes in. But this is even better i'm like right cool (laughs) because i wouldn't trust their handwriting right Mm -hmm. exactly yeah there's just so many errors that can happen in that prescriptions oh Mm -hmm. and i used to work for attorneys too so i have seen bad (laughs) handwriting Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) see exactly yeah
2: (laughs) well i would definitely say i don't think any of this is intentional like i don't I don't think anybody would get in a medical profession if they meant ill will to anyone. Right. But when you're talking about systems that become bigger and bigger and things become more impersonal, you're going to find more errors and mistakes. Right. And that's, and why that's, important that's important more to what I'm, I'm saying it. there. And that's yep. why it's important to find somebody you're comfortable with mm-hmm. that you trust. Right. Yep. So. Exactly. Nowadays, yeah.
3: There's still some people that like don't want to treat people because they're, you know, a different race or there's people that don't want to uh, treat LGBTQ people right. or transgender people. Uh, like back in the day, that what was it that the guy of, I don't know, OBGYN or whatever, the father of whatever, right. he was a dick.
0: Oh, really? Like he was oh. just
3: torturing women and Not sterilizing surprised. them without their consent. Oh, great!
0: Like yeah. I, another one. I
3: feel like he he was in it. I mean, he wanted to do you know great things for mess but he had no problem.
1: Yeah, there's
2: people. yeah Yeah, mm-hmm. trying to. End. Yeah
0: cheerful note thanks bonnie well you know how how they say people (laughs) that are
2: surgeons have to have like some kind of psychopathic tendencies that they want to chop through people's it's like an flesh
0: right it's i i call it a it's almost a god principle you know what i mean like Mm there you need to believe that you can um if, uh, if Mother Nature is trying to take this human being from the earth, you need to have a God complex to be able to take them back and make them mortal and live again. But you know what? You need that, you need that element. The problem is it can go real far. <laughs> right.
1: And there are a lot of doctors that, uh, and there's some training that really does put a lot more talking to the patients and listening. Right. Bedside and, manner. Yes. Yeah. And not just... Western medicine, but looking Mm -hmm. at the whole body, the whole body holistically, Mm -hmm. which I like a lot more. (laughs) Yeah, but unfortunately, also as organizations or small practices go into larger corporations, right? It becomes about money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a business at the end of the day. Yeah, so that's why I'm hopeful for, um, yeah, care universal health care oh it would be lovely because it really I think can make a difference Mm -hmm. about seeing people as people because you're not scheduling you have 15 minutes to talk to this person Mm -hmm. period exactly and it's not do I even have money to go to the doctor this month right
0: because which is a big part of the equation now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors to get through.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, but let's get yeah, on that positive note. <laughs> yes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, you want me to wrap it up? Sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's get there. <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, that wraps it up for Medicine Month. We wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving and we hope to see you at Starbase Indie this weekend, where we have three fun filled days talking about female inventors and scientists. Girls Guide is taking the month of December off for a little R&R before returning full steam in January. So the podcast will be back January 6th, and our research theme is First Ladies. That's right. So The first month of 2020 will be First Ladies. This is going to be a ton of fun. So we are also working on a new Friday podcast show as well. So dun, 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 dun. So from all of us gal pals near and far, we wish you a happy holidays and a trip to the so spread some holiday cheer because we're going to be talking to you next year for show notes links and images from this week's show visit galsguide.org want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers become a Galsguide patron today thanks for listening